Just gonna run this dog to see if we can find any type of uh, human remains that are left. Listen to Where Secrets Go to Die, The Disappearance of Derek Hennigan. From the Detroit Free Press, a new podcast set in the woods of Michigan's Upper Peninsula. Available on Apple, Spotify, Freep.com, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, what's up? Hello, everybody. Welcome to In the Room, a wrestling podcast from the Des Moines Register. I'm Cody Goodwin, the Register's wrestling writer, and I am glad you're here. Happy Wednesday, March 17th. You guys, the NCAA championships begin tomorrow at the Enterprise Center right here in St. Louis. I'm here in the Gateway City right after I record this. I'm going to go pick up my media credential from the Enterprise Center. We'll be in the building first thing tomorrow morning. Wrestling starts right at 10 a.m., runs all day and all weekend. We made it. It's going to be fantastic, so I hope you guys buckle up and enjoy the ride along with me. One final show here today to get you guys ready for the weekend full of wrestling. We've got a few more interviews, uh, more from local guys that we normally hear from throughout the year. And I also planned on sharing my picks as well. I know I posted my 10 champs predictions earlier this week, um, but I'm going to go a little bit more in depth here on this show to give you guys an idea of what I think is going to happen um, at every weight, at least when it comes to the finalists. And then I'll also give my team score predictions um, as well. Hint, some black and gold near the top. I appreciate you guys listening all week. And really over the past few weeks, I've produced a lot of podcasts, a lot of pod time um, in the lead up to these bigger events. And I am just really grateful for everybody who listens and reads and interacts with uh, through social media and other, um, you know, whether you're calling me and reaching me out or I'm doing some different podcasts with people or just kind of, you know, chat chitting with you guys about the sport of wrestling and just other things that are leading up uh, through this month. And really, I guess, dating all the way back to the state tournament, Um, you know, that interaction with you guys is part of what makes this job so damn fun. And um, I hope you all enjoy this weekend of wrestling as much as I will. I hope you all have enjoyed this kind of weird shortened season. Um, as much as I have, um, it's going to be a, you know this weekend coming up here in St. Louis. It's going to be a fantastic showcase for the sport after a wild and weird year. Um, and so I really hope we all take uh, take advantage of the opportunity to just kind of sit back and, and really get to enjoy the wrestling and the sport as a whole um, in the same way that we really have over the course of the last month. So this podcast is going to get you guys one step closer. So I'm going to quit talking. I'll cue up that intro music right now so we can get to it. Thanks a bunch again for listening, you guys. It means a lot to me. I hope you guys enjoy today's show. Hey guys, wanted to quickly get to my predictions in before we get to the interviews today. I posted my 10 champs earlier this week, like I said before. I'm going to run through them here again and also give you guys kind of my thoughts on who they'll beat in the finals, some other um, you know, wrestlers to watch. I think I picked at least one wild card at each weight um, worth maybe following this weekend. And then my prediction for the team race as well. So um, to recap here, the 10 champs that I picked earlier this week, 125-pound Spencer Lee from Iowa, 133 Dayton Fix from Oklahoma State, 141 Jaden Ironman from Iowa, 149 Austin O'Connor from North Carolina, 157, David Carr from Iowa State. Uh, going out on a limb there, I'll explain in a minute. 165, Alex Marinelli from Iowa. 174, Michael Kemmer for Iowa. Four champs for the Hawkeyes. Um, 184, Aaron Brooks from Penn State. Uh, 197, A.J. Ferrari from Oklahoma State. So two Cowboys up top, at least uh, based on my predictions. And then 285, rounding it out with Gable Steveson from Minnesota. Pretty straightforward, right? Um, now I'm going to go weight by weight, give you guys my thoughts on, on how each weight I think is really going to shake out. So I've got my brackets here in front of me. Let's queue up that transition 
session music or I guess background music. Um, you know, and we'll start at 125 pounds. Um, I have Spencer winning it, um, and I have him beating Sam Latona from Virginia Tech in the finals. Just I've been real impressed with that kid all year, and I, I've been able to watch a lot of ACC wrestling this year. Um, at least a little bit more than maybe I would in normal years. Um, I'd like to think that I could probably watch um, a lot more ACC wrestling in recent years. And I got to watch a fair amount last season before everything shut down in March. And just real impressed by the league. Not a lot of teams, but um, there's a lot of concentrated depth in that league, um, especially with Virginia Tech, NC State kind of leading the way. North Carolina has done a really good job in recent years. Um, Duke had a really, really, they usually have a handful of guys, um, you know, maybe kind of a slower year for them, but just a lot of talent in that league, I think, overall. And so, um, but the thing that really kind of maybe most impressed with Sam Latona just you know, as a freshman, just never really rattled when it comes to big moments. Um, and the other thing, too, is just there's a little bit of a coaching advantage there. Uh, Cody Brewer from Virginia Tech, he just he tends to do a phenomenal job coaching whatever lightweight he tends to be coaching, whether it's Northwestern with Sebastian Rivera um, or Michael Diagostino was making some real big strides last year while, while Brewer was there. And then now he goes over to Virginia Tech. Absolutely no surprise to see guys like Sam Latona and Corbin Myers, um, guys who are both top three seeds at 25 and 33, do really, really well. Brewer has that kind of effect and um, just real impressed. So I, th- I think Latona gets to the finals. I think Spencer might be a little bit too much for him. I think the wild card, uh, let me, okay, yeah, here's here's what I did. So I picked my finals matches. So I got Spencer over Sam Latona. My semifinals matches um, kind of elaborate on that a little bit. And then I'll get to the wild card, just kind of the guy that maybe we should pay attention to this week a little bit more. And the semifinals up top in the bracket, I got Spencer beating Brody Teske from you and I. Um, I, I really like Teske's path. I think there's, you know, he'll, he'll have to hit Diagostino actually. Um, in the second round, assuming that the seeds hold, and then he'll probably see Central Michigan's Drew Hildebrandt in the quarters. Drew Hildebrandt has been really, really good this year, really, really good the last couple of years, I think. And so that'll be a really tough test for Brody. But, I mean, Brody's just the way he's been wrestling, you really can't count him out of any match this year, man. Like, he... You know, he just he finds a way to come back and scores points. So even if Hildebrandt maybe takes an early lead or, you know, that's a match that's going to come down to the wire, I, I, I give Brody a chance there. Absolutely. Um, Latona, I have him beating Jacob Camacho from NC State. And that's, you know, they've wrestled two pretty big matches, one in the duel, which Virginia Tech ultimately won. Um, and then they met in the ACC finals again. And so, you know, I cracked the joke earlier this year that, you know, be kind of fun to see them in the quarters, but they were separated enough. Um, I like Camacho to potentially get to the semifinals. He's got he's got to get through Dylan Raggison from Michigan probably in the second round, and then he'll probably see Brandon Courtney from Arizona State, who's really tough in the quarters. But, um, you know, I think he can do that. You know, he's 8-2 he's and two this year. His only two losses are to Latona, and, um, you know, I think that'd be a pretty fun little semifinal on Friday night. Wild card at 125, Penn State's Robbie Howard, guys. Um, kind of a weird thing to say about a guy who did not end up on the uh, what he took fifth or sixth at the Big Ten tournament. Um, he opens up with Ohio State's Malik Heinzelman, and honestly, guys, I, I think that's a winnable match for him. I think this is a guy that can probably win a few matches, um, and if he wins the right few matches, like if he's able to win first thing Thursday, um, I think that sets him up. And I think he proved at the Big Ten tournament where 125, maybe not super super deep, but there's still some really talented dudes there to finish in the top six. Um, you know, I think this is a guy that might might surprise some people with his wrestling. Um, just just a name to keep an eye on, right? Anyway, moving on to 133, Oklahoma's Dayton Fix, uh, Oklahoma State's Dayton Fix, excuse me. I have him beating uh, Roman Bravo Young from Penn State in the finals. Um, so I, I think that'd be a really fun matchup. I actually, you know, there was a part of me that wanted to pick RBY in this matchup, and I absolutely think RBY can win the matchup just with his combination of speed and just willingness to kind of create some action. Um, and that really flusters most guys. Dayton Fix is not most guys. Dayton Fix is not afraid to kind of throw his hips around and scramble a little bit. He's not afraid to 
also create some action. I think this match has the potential for a lot of crazy, awesome scrambles that result in no points, and it's just aesthetically pleasing. It also has, I think, the opportunity to maybe be like nine to eight, whoever wins it. Um, so yeah, I've got I've got fix over RBY in the semifinals. I've got I've got Dayton fix beating Austin DeSanto from Iowa. Um, I like I like DeSanto's path. Um, I don't think it'll be easy. I think we'll find out first thing Thursday how his fingers feeling because I know that definitely limited it limited him a little bit at the Big Ten tournament. Um, but you know, first round Paul Bianchi. I, he should win that one pretty easily. Probably going to see Iowa State Zach Redding in the second round if the seeds hold at least. That's a winnable match. And then, you know, potentially Mickey Phillippe from Pittsburgh in the quarters. And that's a big match. Uh, Phillippe's very, very good. You know, but I just, it kind of goes back to my theory again. If these guys haven't seen or felt DeSanto, they usually get their tails kicked in the first meeting. So, um, you, I mean, it, history kind of says uh, uh, as much. And so I, I like DeSanto beating Philippi in the quarters before hitting Fix in the semifinals. In the other semifinal, I got uh, RBY beating uh, Anthony Madrigal from Oklahoma. That's the 11 seed. This might be going out on a little bit of a limb here, but Madrigal had a tremendous unseeded run at the Big 12 tournament to get to the finals, and 133 is pretty tough at the Big 12. Um, so part of me thinks. Thinks he might be able to recapture some of this magic. Um, should be able to win his first one. Second one, probably going to see Matt Schmidt from Mizzou. That's pretty tough. Then he'll probably hit Corbin Myers from Virginia Tech in the quarters um, if he's going to ultimately see RBY in the uh, in the semifinals. But that's who I think. That those are the you know final four, I guess, in the semifinals. Who I think is going to get there. The wild card, though, I mentioned him earlier. Iowa State Zach Redding, guys. Um, you'll hear. I asked this. I kind of posed this question a little bit in a in a weird, or at least posed the topic to Iowa State coach Kevin Dresser. Um, and you'll hear that in the uh, interview with him later in the show. But, you know, this is a guy that wrestles really, really hard, and he's not afraid to kind of go out and create some action and score some points. And as a true freshman, that's very impressive to see. And so, you know, he's got a tough matchup first round against West Virginia's Ryan Sullivan, who I believe he injury defaulted out of the Big 12 tournament. But if he's back healthy, it's going to be a tough match. Um, but Redding more than capable of winning it. And if he does that, I like his odds to, you know, I think DeSanto will beat him, but I like his odds to be able to come through the backside, potentially get to the blood round. And at that point, can you put together one good match, right? Um, you know, you obviously need more than that to get in that position, but, um, you know, I, I think he can absolutely still be in the mix come Friday. Um, 141, I got Jaden Ironman winning it and I got him beating Penn State's Nick Lee in the finals. Um, I think, I think Jaden Ironman will wrestle a little bit of a different match now that he's gotten to field Nick Lee. I know they've wrestled before, but it has been a while. Um, so I feel like that match, and you'll hear this in the interview too, because I talked to him about, you know, just feeling Nick Lee's pace and just kind of the way he wrestles and, and how does that help him moving forward in training. Um, really good stuff there from Jaden. Um, so yeah, I think I think he'll beat Nick Lee. I think uh, Jaden Ironman beats Tariq Wilson from NC State in the semifinals. Um, I got uh, Tariq Wilson beating Dom Demas in the quarters um, in order to get to Ironman. I think Ironman will probably have to beat Chad Red for a third time in order to get to the semifinals, but that's just kind of how I think it's going to go. Um, just a different Jaden Ironman than what I've seen in years past, guys. Everybody knows here I grew up a Mizzou fan, so I still follow that team, and I've been watching Jaden Russell for years, and he just looks different, man. He looks focused, he looks determined, and just the the technique is, is there in ways that it was not before, just the way he's able to hold position, the way he is able to attack. Um... You know, and I think that's going to be enough to at least give, get to the finals and get the job done this week. Um, Nick Lee, I've got him beating Sebastian Rivera from Rutgers, um, even though that's a match that R- Rivera can absolutely win. Um, you know, I think there's going to be a lot of fireworks in that matchup on Friday night, should it happen, right? Um, you know, Nick Lee, I think he'll, he'll probably take out Ian Parker in the quarters. Um, Sebastian Rivera, I have him beating Alan Hart from Mizzou. Uh, but don't count out a couple other guys that could potentially make a run there in that side of the bracket. 141 is kind of fun because you do have the known commodities, but then I think you have some other guys there who are going to, um, 
you know, potentially make some noise there. And I think the, you know, that leads me into my wild card. And Real Woods is not a super wild card. I think we all kind of know who he is. Um, at least most of us kind of followed his pursuit to at least gain eligibility to hopefully get a wild card or an at-large or whatever the hell we want to call these things. Um, but he's in. He's in the dance. He's the 21 seed. Um, he's got Grant Willits from Oregon State right out of the gate. That's a pretty tough matchup. If he's able to win there, you know, he'll probably see Dom Demas. So this is what you get for being the 21st seed, right? But if he loses, I don't – very real possibility this guy could come through the backside and win a handful of matches and – um, you know, who knows? Um, you know, maybe he, he ends up making a run and finishes on the podium, and that'd be a really cool feel-good story for him, um, just the way he had to kind of go about things to qualify, and then also the whole Stanford wrestling thing. Um, you know, I think the crowd will fully appreciate those guys this weekend, especially wrestling wrestling fans are pretty smart um, when it comes to things like that. 149, Austin O'Connor from North Carolina. I haven't beaten Sammy Sasso from Ohio State in the finals. Um, just the Austin O'Connor that I've been able to see this year, again, just gotten to see quite a bit of ACC wrestling. Um, he's good, man. He's real solid. Um, ACC finals against uh, Virginia Tech's Bryce Andonian. He was down 6-0. Not a lot of people can power back from 6-0 like Austin O'Connor did. I think he ended up winning that match 10-9. So, you know, Andonian's very dangerous. But, you know, to get thrown to your back there in the first period and, you know, that basically soaked up the first 90 seconds of that match and then to be able to storm back the way he did. I like the way he's wrestling. I think he's really sound. I think a matchup with him and Sasso is going to be really fun because neither, you know, Sasso's stingy, man. He didn't give up points. And, and AOC is going to come at you for seven minutes. So, um, you know, sign me up for that final. That's why I have winning it. I've got Sasso. I got Sammy Sasso because he's the one seed, right? So I have him beating Bula Wallen from Oklahoma State in the top half semifinal. Um, you know, I don't really see, a, you know, Jade Nabis from Stanford um, could give Sammy a, a run in the quarters if they were to meet. Uh, keep your eye on the legend Lamer from Cal Poly as well. I think he's really tough. Um, you know, Bula Wallen, he's going to have to come through, you know, Mitch Moore from Oklahoma he could see in the second round. And then his quarterfinal matchup could be any combination of Ridge Lovett, Peyton O'Manion, and Max Murin. Um, I guess Graham Rooks as well. I don't want to count him out either. So um, that's a pretty tough uh, little quad there or quarter, I guess. Um, but I think Lou Wallen's going to come out of there. Um, in the bottom half, I think uh, O'Connor is probably going to beat Andonian again. Andonian's a six seed. He's a guy that can totally bust this bracket up. Um, and I, I think that'd be a hoot of a rematch to see on Friday night. Winner goes to the national finals. Um, you know, I don't see a whole lot of fuss for Austin O'Connor. He could hit both Jared Dagan and Tristan Lara from Iowa State and UNI on his way to the semifinals. I'll touch on that more here in just a second. Um, the three seed on that side is Brock Mahler from Mizzou. He could see Michael Blockus from Minnesota. Shout out New Hampton and Cres- uh, Cresco. Uh, but Andonian's the sixth seed, so he's got Josh Feinsilver. Could perhaps see Kane in store, then perhaps Mahler in the quarters. Um, so, but I, I think he's funky enough, and he's just he's kind of full send personified. And so I just I, I like I like guys who might be able to bust brackets up like that. So that's that's uh, that's who I see in the semifinals. Wild card though, I mentioned him earlier. Tristan Lair from Northern Iowa, guys. He's the 23 seed. He's got Rutgers Mike Van Brill first round. That's not an easy first round matchup because Van Brill, um, as most Iowa fans know, is pretty dang tough. He beat Mirren at the Big Ten tournament um, on his way back to finish third at that weight, um, which is not an easy thing to do. But I tell you what, when Lara's on his offense and he is attacking and he is shooting and he is getting both hands to the leg, and you can say that about any wrestler, I understand. But like just you you can see the switch flip in his head when he knows he can score points and when he knows he can win the match. We saw it when he wrestled Jared Dagan in the duel earlier. We saw it a little bit at the Big 12 tournament, even though he finished fifth. Um, don't don't if he gets to the quarterfinals, don't be surprised is all I'm saying. He's still got a really tough first match, and then that would, you know, by proxy, obviously, the second round match would be tough as well. Um, but it's totally doable, um, and I think it'd be really cool for the program if he did that. I think it'd be really cool for him personally, really cool for the community of Fort Dodge. Don't rule it out. 
Just something to keep an eye on. 157 pounds. I got Iowa State's David Carr beating Ryan Deacon from Northwestern in the finals. Um, this is maybe the pick I'm not the I'm the least confident in because it does sound a little outlandish when I say it out loud. And, and by picking David Carr to beat Ryan Deacon in the finals, I'm also picking David Carr to beat Hayden Heidley from NC State in the semifinals. So that's the bottom semifinal I have there. Um Moreover, you look at the path David Carr has to get there. Marcus Hartman from Army, really tough. That's a tough first-round matchup. Um, Carr could see Will Luan from Michigan in the second round. Then he could see a combination of Ja'Cory Teamer or Brayton Lee in the quarterfinals. Um, and then Hydley in the semis. And if he wins, it's presumably Deacon in the finals, right? Um, I don't know, man. I just like just getting to know him and, you know, maybe I'm wearing Cardinal and gold glasses as I say this and as I make this pick, but just getting to know David and talking to him throughout the year, um, really the last few years, I mean, even all, during his redshirt year, I just, there's, there's something about him and you guys know when you see big time athletes, they just have it. I think David Carr just has it. I don't know what it is. And he's wrestled both of these guys before he wrestled them in October at the, uh, um, at the senior, U.S. Senior National Freestyle Championships, and he he beat Deacon. Then he lost to Logan Massa. Then he lost to Hayden Heidley, and then he lost to Deacon. Um, so he's gotten his hands on these guys. And I just I don't know, man. I just I I think it's just a gut feeling that David Carr is going to get the job done this week. So I have him beating Hayden Heidley on the other side. I got Ryan Deacon coming through Caleb Young. Um, I like this draw for Caleb Young because I I do think he can reach the semifinals. Um, you know, nothing against four seed uh, Jesse Delvecchia from Ryder. Nothing against Hunter Willits from Oregon State, who is a um, that's a guy that I think people maybe need to keep an eye on. He's my wild card pick. I'll get to that in just a second. Um, but you know, this is doable, right? So Caleb Young is the five seed. Uh, opens with Nebraska's Caleb Licking. Uh, win there, probably get Penn State's Brady Berge. You win there, you probably get Delvecchia, Willits, some combination of those guys. That's a that's a path he can handle, right? That's a path he can handle. And then Ryan Deacon, you know, can you put together one good match, or does Ryan Deacon beat you six zero like he did at the Big Ten tournament? I don't know. Um, but that's just kind of how I see the semifinal shaking out. My uh, wild card at 57, Hunter Willits. Um, I don't know, man. Like, there's just something in my head that says, you know, hey, this guy has the potential to make a run, and, and maybe he can do it. You know, there's I, – because I, part of me wanted to pick Michigan's Will Luan because he's the 14 seed, right? And I'm trying to pick anybody that's basically 10 seeded or higher for these wild cards. Um, you know, so I guess Will Luan or Ja'Cory Teamer probably fall into that mix. Um, but I don't know, man. There's just something about Hunter Willits that I think is – he might make some noise this week. He might not also. Um, he may make me look really dumb by picking him as a wild card. Anyway, we're on to 165. Um, Alex Marinelli, I have him beating Travis Whitlake from Oklahoma State in the finals. Um, Whitlake, he got drilled hard for not winning the Big 12 tournament at this weight. Um, you know, he was presumably a top five guy basically all year. Um, kind of thought that's where he was going to end up. I also thought that he was going to win the Big 12 tournament. He did not. Luke Weber from North Dakota State beat him. That dropped Whitlake all the way to the 10 spot. Um, and now here is his potential path if he wants to get to the finals. You ready for this? Joe Lee from Penn State. Okay, winnable. Ethan Smith from Ohio State. He's positionally sound, but that's not a match. Whitlake, Whitlake can win that match. In the quarterfinals, you get Anthony Valencia from Arizona State. Sounds like a pretty fun match to me. And then the semifinals, if the seeds hold, you get Jake Wenzel from Pittsburgh. We'll touch on that more here in a minute. Not a very easy path. There are no easy paths at the NCAA championship, so we should probably just stop staying there. That's not an easy path because easy paths probably don't exist. There are more favorable paths, sure, but let's not get into that right now. Anyway, yeah, I got Marinelli over Whitlake. Um, I have Marinelli beating uh, Zach Hartman from Bucknell in the semifinals. Um, and that's more a product of me. I don't know how healthy Makai Lewis is from Virginia Tech. I mean, I, I watched the match where he wrestled uh, Wenzel, uh, Jake Wenzel from Pittsburgh to to get hurt. And he was losing in that match. And you could tell that something was definitely off. Um 
but I just I don't know how healthy he is. He didn't wrestle at the ACC championship, so I didn't get to see him there either. Um, maybe he's supremely healthy and he'll figure something out and he'll wear a shoulder brace, or I don't I don't know what the deal is. But I guess until I see him, I don't know, right? So I went with Hartman. I think that's who Marinelli's going to beat in the bottom half. Um, I have Whitlake beating Keegan O'Toole because I just thought that the matchup just looks tremendous. Um, we went through Whitlake's path. Here's how O'Toole has to probably get to the semifinals. So he's got Jake Silverstein from Ryder in the first round. Probably going to see either Cameron Amin or Kennedy Monday in the second round, and then he'd have to get through Jake Wenzel, who has been tough as a freaking nail this season. Um, he's mean as hell on top, and that's that's going to be a tough match. But I, you know, I, I can't pick Keegan O'Toole as a wild card because he won the MAC and he's the sixth seed, um, and I think most people really know who he is. So I don't know. I that's who I think uh, Whitlake's going to beat in the semifinals. So we'll we'll see what happens. I think that'd be pretty exciting for the St. Louis crowd at least you know because predominantly they're Mizzou fans right so it'd be kind of cool for them um and also I think it'd just be kind of cool for the sport right see a true freshman in the NCAA semifinals um count me in that just sounds like fun wild card though North Carolina's Kennedy Monday um name recognition probably plays a big role in this um wasn't super impressive at the ACC championships but I mean this is a guy that when he decides to flip the switch and go He's pretty good. Um, He's long and lanky. That's going to give guys like Marinelli fits. He's on the opposite side of Marinelli, so he actually opens up against Cam Amin. That's a winnable match, man. You win that one, you probably get O'Toole in the second round. Um, Wouldn't want to rule it out because you got, you know, a guy that's been around versus a true freshman. We'll see how he handles the pressure, right? Um, That's assuming he gets there. And if not, he has to come through the Russellbacks anyway. So, you know, just keep it on Kennedy Monday. That's a guy that could potentially make a run this week. Uh, 174. Michael Kemmer, I've gotten beaten. uh, Carter Starachi from Penn State in the finals. Um... You know, I kind of touched on this when I broke down the brackets, I guess, originally. And when, you know, when you look at, you know, the teams that you cover, um, or at least this is maybe how I approach the job a little bit, you know, Michael Kemmer is the one seed. Okay, who can beat him? Um, and I think I've said this before, but I think the two guys that can beat him, Logan Massa from Michigan and Mikey Labriola from Nebraska, they're on the same side of the bracket. Um, that's not a shot against Starachi. That's not a shot against the two seed Demetrius Romero from Utah Valley or anybody else in that bracket. Um I just I I don't see it, man. I just until I see it, it's hard to believe it. You know what I mean? And so, um, yeah, I've got Kemmer over Starachi for the title. I've got Kemmer beating Labriola in the semifinals, and I think that semifinal will be electric because, you know, I know the last time they wrestled Labriola just kind of kept it really close and tried to score late in the third period, um, but Kemmer was able to kind of. Um, you know, work his way out of a scramble to score two and win that match. So I think that will be a very, very intriguing semifinal match if it should happen. We're assuming Labriola, of course, also beats Logan Massa, so we'll see. Um, in the other semifinal, I got Starachi beating Peyton Mako from Mizzou. Um, again, might be putting on um, black and gold sunglasses here. Peyton Mako is the 10 seed. That should probably, he should probably be my wild card, but he's not. Um, you know, he's got Anthony Mantanone in the first round. That's, that's a, you know, he's a landmine, so you, you got to navigate that. But then you got Caleb Romero, who... Um, you know, if Mako can can score points, um, Romero has kind of struggled to get to his offense the last few times I've seen him. So, and then you quarters, you get Demetrius Romero if the seeds hold, and um, you know, one good match puts you in the semis, right? So we'll see. Um, my wild card for this weight though is Drexel's uh, Michael O'Malley. He's the 19 seed. He's got Hayden Hastings from Wyoming in the first round. Um, I kind of wanted to pick Hastings as my wild card, but there's just something about O'Malley that I'm just like, hmm. You know, he could do some damage. Um, I haven't really watched a ton of them this year, but I've heard a few things, and they've all been good. So, hey, that's what we're rolling with. 184, um, I got Aaron Brooks from Penn State. I got him beating Trent Heidley from NC State in the finals. Um, I just think Aaron Brooks is kind of pound for pound the best dude at this weight. Um, I don't really know that anybody can hang with him. Um, I think Trent Heidley could, but I don't know that he will. 
um, and just kind of looking at the path to get there. Um, I, in the semifinals, I got Aaron Brooks beating Parker Keckeisen from you and I. I got Keckeisen beating um, Sam Colbert in the first round, Weiler from Wisconsin in the second round, and then probably Hunter Bullen in the quarters in order to get there. I think that'll be a pretty fun match. Um, I watched them wrestle in freestyle twice. Um, Aaron Brooks won both of those matches pretty handily, but in a folk style setting, uh, how does it change? You know, I think it probably favors Keckeisen a little bit more. What's that gas tank look like against a guy like Aaron Brooks? I think we'll see. So that's the top side. Um, Heidley, I've got him beating John Poznanski from Rutgers, who I was really impressed with at the Big Ten Championships. Heard nothing but great things about him as the season unfolded. Didn't really get to watch a lot of Rutgers before the Big Ten tournament because they've had a lot of COVID issues. Um, but this is a guy that was very impressive. Um, he ended up beating Nelson Brands for third. Um, I believe he made a run to the semifinals. I think he can make a run here just because, you know, Lude Dupre from Binghamton, he's really tough. Um, they would meet in the quarters. Um, that's assuming that Poznanski gets through Dakota Gear as well. Um, I think he can do it, man. I think I'm, I'm very impressed. I'm, I, I think he can, I think he's going to be pretty good. Um, my wild card for 184, Tate Samuelson from Wyoming. Um, I'm looking for him in the bracket because I know he's here. He's the 10 seed. So he's got Charles Small from Hofstra in the first round. You win. You probably get Britt Wilson from Northern Illinois in the second round. And then if you win there, you get probably get Trent Heidley in the quarters. Um, don't put it past uh, Samuelson to get to the quarters. Um, you know, I, Trent Heidley's kind of a beast. So that, that'll be a tall ask. But, um, you know, I think that's a guy that could absolutely make some noise at 84. And it wouldn't shock me, depending on how this bracket unfolds, if he and Nelson Brands end up hitting – um, you know, for a spot on the podium. We'll see, but just something to keep in mind. 197, I've got A.J. Ferrari from Oklahoma State. I got him beating Cordell Norfleet from Arizona State, so I got the four over the three in the finals. Um, just real impressed with A.J. Ferrari, man. I, I know I said it. I, I know I tweeted it when I was watching the Big 12 finals and just, you know, team race on the line. He has to win, but if he scores bonus, the Cowboys win it outright, and he spent all seven minutes just going for it. That showed me something, man. It was super impressive. You can say what you want about the guy off the mat, but on the mat, he is he's a dog, man. He is so good. Um, I think he can absolutely win it. I think he will win it. Clearly, that's why I picked him. Um, I have him beating Miles Amin in the semifinals. Um, I have I have Ferrari taking the hard road to get there because uh, I have him beating Tanner Sloan and then probably Jacob Warner in the second round and in the quarterfinals. And then um, I think he can beat Miles Amin, and I don't think anybody should be really shocked if he does. So I know Miles Amin. There's this really cool story going to the Olympics for San Marino. Um, you know, AJ Ferrari's just I. I don't know, man. I, I trust the young guy. I think he can do it. Cordell Norfleet, I have him beating uh, Michigan State's Cam Caffey. I've got this weight blowing up just a little bit. I know I got 1-4 in the top semifinal, but I got 3 over 10 in the bottom semifinal. Cam Caffey, he's got Brian McLaughlin from Drexel in the first round. You'll win. you probably get Rocky Elam or Jake Woodley. Um, Elam from Mizzou, Woodley from Oklahoma. Win there. you probably get the two-seed Eric Schultz from Nebraska. I think Caffey can sneak into the semis. I think it'd be really cool for Michigan State. Um, you know, I think he's talented enough. I think he's got strong enough hips. Um, you know, Schultz, I think, is going to be a really intriguing matchup just because he's a little bit more technically sound, and Caffey's not afraid to just kind of throw things around and see what happens. Um, Norfleet, um, Nino Bonacorsi, or J.I.L.O., one of those two guys will probably be a really tough matchup for him in the quarters, but I think he can do it, right? Um, you know, working his way there, I think that'd be a pretty – this is a fun weight. This is going to be a really fun weight, and I tried to pick it fun, but – you know, the more I looked at it, the more I was like, yeah, yeah, you know, Ferrari probably probably get it done. My wild card, though, I don't know if this is much of a wild card, but I went with South Dakota State's Tanner Sloan. Shout out Alburnett. He made the junior world team. He's been really impressive on the freestyle side. We didn't get a chance to see him. I think he was a top 10 seed at last year's NCAA championship, so it kind of stinks that we didn't get to see that. We're going to get to see him go this year. He could probably hit Ferrari in the second round, so we may have to come through the Russell backs if my predictions hold correct. 
Um, but I, this is a guy that can absolutely do it. I, I think he's good enough. Um, now that he's focusing fully on wrestling, I know he didn't really get the opportunity to do that while he was at Albertnet. Um, you know, now we're seeing that, right? He's, you know, one of the best wrestlers at a really deep weight class. 285, I got Gable Steveson from Minnesota. I have him beating Michigan's Mason Paris in the finals. I know, really going out on a limb here to pick the number one seeded wrestler over the number two seeded wrestler. Um, but I have Gable beating Iowa's Tony Cassiope in the semis. Again, not super outlandish, but that also means I have Tony Cassiope beating Colton Schultz in the quarterfinals. Um, that's I, I'm very excited to see that match if it should come true. Um, could also see Gable and Tony wrestle one more time, although I think Gable's probably going to win it pretty handily. Um, Paris, I have him beating Iowa State's Gannon Gremmel. I think there's an opportunity for him to sneak through there. Um, Paris, I think, will get through without too much fuss. Um, you know, maybe maybe get some struggles with Deontay Wilson from NC State. Um, I don't see it, but it, the possibility is there. Gremmel, though, um, probably doesn't have too much issue in the first round. Probably could see Rocky Elam in the second, or not Rocky, Zach Elam, excuse me, or Brandon Metz in the second round. Um, win there, you probably get Matt Stencil from Central Michigan, right? And that's I if he can win that, and the way he's been wrestling this year, I absolutely believe he can win that. Puts him in the semifinals against Mason Paris. We're talking about Gannon Gremmel right now. My wild card for heavyweight is Wyoming's Brian Andrews. Um, you know, he was a past Big 12 champ. He was back in the Big 12 finals this year. Um, he's talented, man. He's good. Um, and he is the 13 seed. So he's got Quinn Miller from Virginia. If you win, you get Colton Schultz. Um, what a way to shake up that bracket if he's able to get that done. Um, you know, if he can't beat Colton Schultz, it's going to have to come through the Russellbacks, which is the 13 seed you kind of expect anyway. So, um, you know, we'll see what happens. But that's, uh, that's, that's 285 for me. Team scores, I don't have exact calculations from team scores, but this is kind of who I think is going to be in the top five. Iowa, number one. It's their tournament to lose, man. And I just if they come out wrestling the same way that they did at the Big Ten Championships, I don't think they're going to lose it. In fact, I think they'll win it by a wider margin than they did at the Big Ten Championships. Um, that's probably, that's I, that, a lot of expectation by saying that out loud, but I, they have the capability to do it. Number two, Penn State. You know, I think what I had Brooks winning, and then I had Starachi, RBY, and Nick Lee all in the finals. Um, that's going to... Iowa fans are going to squeam at that a little bit because the that that will apply some natural pressure. I think you know another one of my wild cards was Robbie Howard. Um, I think Michael Beard can win some matches. I think Greg Kirkfleet uh, can win some matches. Um, you know, there's some other guys that Brady Berg is a 12 seed. You know, by by proxy, he should probably win a few matches. Um, I think they're good enough, man. I think they have enough firepower to finish second. Um, I don't know that they have enough to run down Iowa. They clearly didn't at the Big Ten tournament, so I don't know why they would now. Maybe. Who knows? We'll see. Um, third, I have Nebraska. Um, I know I'm going Big Ten heavy, Big Ten heavy here at the top. Um, but Nebraska's good, man. They've got some dudes. Um, and I'm really especially impressed by Ridge Lovett and some of these other guys. And, you know, if they find a way to put up some points and, and put multiple guys on the podium, um, you know, more than what we already think they're going to get, um, you know, watch out. Um, fourth, I have Mizzou. Um, you bring 10 guys. Most of them are probably going to score a lot of points. You know, Brock Mahler, Peyton Mako, Matthew Schmidt, um, you know, the Elam boys. They, I, Jeremiah Kent, who's the nine seed, like they've got, they've got guys. I think they can score some points. And then fifth, I, uh, Virginia Tech. You know, I, I kind of a flip and flop between Virginia Tech and NC State because the more I wanted to pick Virginia Tech, the more I was kind of looking through here and I was like, man, they got a lot of guys who are double digit seated. And then I did the same thing for NC State and I was like, well, they also have a lot of guys who are kind of double digit seated. But I think those two are kind of the front runner for fifth. Maybe they usurp uh, Missouri or maybe Nebraska comes a little bit back to the pack and it'd be kind of a fun race for third. But that's kind of how I see the team race going: Iowa, Penn State, and then some combination of Nebraska, Missouri, NC State, Virginia Tech. Um, yeah, it's kind of how I see things going. I'm gonna take a quick break and then we will come back with some interviews. Thanks guys.
Okay, that's how I think the tournament's going to go, at least when it comes to the finalists and the national champs and the, the team race, I suppose. I didn't really crunch all the numbers or figure out who's going to come back and finish on the podium, right? But I can't wait uh, to see one of my potential finalists lose right out of the gate on Thursday, and all of this will mean very, very little, um, especially at the time that I'm going to be able to publish this and you guys will be able to hear it. Um, it's kind of the nature of the beast, though, right? We're wrapping up today's show with some interviews for you guys. we got a couple of Hawkeyes and Michael Kemmer and Jay Nyerman, then Iowa State coach Kevin Dresser, and then we'll end with a couple of Panther wrestlers, Carter Isley, and Parker Keckeisen gets you guys ready. These final interviews, these final podcasts um, before the big dance kicks off on Thursday morning. I'll cue up that transition music once more and we'll get to these interviews. I hope you guys enjoy and I will see you on the other side. Hey, Michael. Um, you know, there's a lot of emphasis at the beginning of the year that you just need to get to the NCAA tournament unlike a year ago. Now with it seem to be seem, seems to be uh, pretty uh, eminent that you guys are going to be able to compete in St. Louis. What's the feeling like knowing that you're going to have that finish line unlike uh, last March? Yeah, it's awesome. I mean, thinking about the circumstances a year ago, obviously a lot has changed, but we're – we're awesome. We're, we're happy. We're, we're really happy that we can, uh, can compete. So we're, um, you know, I guess we're just, we're thankful that we get the opportunity and now we get this opportunity. We got to go and make the most of it. We can't just, uh, we can't just, you know, uh, squandered, I guess we got to be ready to go. You know, the team was so dominant at the big tens. What are you guys doing from now until next Thursday? What needs to be done for you guys to to have a similar performance uh, at the national tournament? Yeah, we just need to get ready to go. I mean, we feel like we have tough 10 guys that are ready to wrestle when we step on the mat. So that's the biggest thing is just, you know, maybe fine-tuning a couple things, but just being ready to compete. I mean, we're six days out. So you know, six days from now, we got to be feeling good, ready to compete, ready to go out and wrestle hard and score points like we know how and, um, that all starts in the preparation here. And then once it's time to get out there, we're, we're ready to rock. Kemmer, the next question from Cody Goodwin. Hey, Kem. Um, how much has really just kind of the last 12 months been kind of a reinforcement on the idea that the, the approach that um, I know Jody preached when you guys were at Young Guns and Tom and Terry preached now that you're here at Iowa, just – um, like clearly it works, right? Cause you guys had that such a regular off season and then you guys can't, you know, went and hit the mat a little bit in the fall and, um, you had the weird stoppage before big tens. And then you came out like gangbusters last weekend in Pennsylvania. Um, just the, the idea that, you know, really listening to this whole pour everything into your wrestling on and off the mat. I mean, it's the results have bared out that it works. I mean, how have you thought about that at all? And kind of what that has meant to you guys really throughout this whole year? Yeah. I, yeah. I mean, I think that it favors us that we do the right things on the mat, do the right things off the mat and live the lifestyle of a champion every day. I mean, especially when different circumstances are getting thrown at you. Right. Um, I think then that's when that even shines through even more. And, you know, we have a bunch of guys that are super dedicated and want to be the best and are going to do what it takes to be the best and um, outside things get thrown at us and if you get a curveball or whatever. It doesn't matter because we're still upholding that standard and we're, we're going out and doing what needs to be done every day and gives you an edge in the end. 
For sure. Um, this is going to sound like a dumb question, but bear with me here. Of all the weird things that have happened this season and really over the last 12 months, what has been kind of the weirdest, I, whether it's been just what, like the weirdest adjustment or just things that you guys have had to do to ensure that the season, you know, got off. I mean, that's, that's, it seems like there's been a lot that maybe we don't even know about. Right. Yeah. I mean, uh, it's funny because the, the things that kind of seem weird at first have kind of become more normal. I mean, uh, obviously if you just said, a year ago that we'd be, uh, you know, wearing masks and having less fans and all that stuff, it would be, you would, you would think it's crazy. Right. So, I mean, the whole experience really has been a lot different. I don't know if I can point to one thing, but, um, it's just been, it's just been adapting and it's been a unique year for sure. I'd say, uh, probably the, the no handshakes before the duels and stuff is kind of crazy because, we go out and wrestle a couple minutes later, but uh, so that was kind of kind of crazy to see. But honestly, I mean, we're just you know, like I said, we're thankful to be able to wrestle, and uh, it doesn't matter what the circumstances are, we feel ready to go. I think on some of the videos that I've been able to rewatch, the refs will say something to the effect of uh, "acknowledge without shaking hands," and then immediately you guys have your hands on each other. Yeah, yeah, I mean, it's kind of the way things have been. But hey, we're getting to wrestle, and that's what we love to do. Michael, I'll ask you, what's uh, like, what's your level of anxiousness right now? I mean, you, you were obviously last year happened as it did. And in 2019, you missed with an injury. So <clears throat> it's been three years since you've been to the national tournament where, uh, you know, you got, you got the happy legs. Yeah, I think it's more excitement than anything. I mean, the national tournament is, it's the pinnacle. It's what we, you know, everyone talks about at the end of the year in March. And um, it's been three years now since I've gotten to compete in it. And I've, you know, I had to have that year where I sat and watched. And then obviously last year didn't get the opportunity at all. So just to be able to finally be out there and wrestling and in that arena and that atmosphere that you dream about when you're a kid, um, it's huge. It's awesome. And, uh, you know, the biggest thing is I just, I just want to savor every moment of it and live in the moment because, you know, it's such a unique experience and a unique tournament that um, it's pretty special to be able to experience. Next question from Cody. Um, I, obviously the results of the big 10 tournament at your weight specifically played a pretty big role in, in how the seeding went for the national tournament. Um, and the way you performed, um, you know, obviously you were in the one seed, right? What do you, what did you maybe focus on this week to kind of ensure that you could maintain, um, you know, that gap on, on everybody else at the weight? Yeah. I mean, it's just getting better at the things that I need to get better at and improving on my strengths as well. And, um, honestly, just, just knowing that, you know, you, you win that title, but everyone's going to this tournament zero and zero. So <clears throat> there's nothing guaranteed uh, just because I'm the one seed doesn't mean that they're going to give me a free, a free buy to the finals or something like that. So I got to go out and earn it again. I know a lot of guys are going to be gunning for me to get that one seed that I was single it. You're going to have that target on your back. So just being aware of that when I go out and wrestle these guys and, um, and ultimately, like I said, those sticking to what I do and, and having fun out there. Were there specific techniques or positions that you, you felt like you needed to work on this week after last weekend? Um, there's always, there's always a couple things. I mean, I feel like you never really wrestle a perfect match. So, uh, just kind of little things here and there, but, um, overall just, just feeling crisp, feeling sharp and being excited to compete. It's a big thing. Kemmerer, the next question from KJ Pilcher. Yeah. You know, last year, the team was such a heavy favorite and didn't have a chance to win that first title since 2010 for the program. You know, Spencer uh, yesterday talked about, 
you know, uh, being determined to, to win that for Bruce Harold and, and, and stuff. Uh, but how much is the team focused on the team uh, championship and, and putting it on top for the first time in, in over a decade? Yeah, I mean, that's that's definitely a part of it. And obviously it's an individual sport, but, um, you know, we're in we're in here, we're in this wrestling room every day, pushing each other and getting the most out of each other. So to be able to finally go out and and show our work and and go out and score points for the team together, it is something to build on. And, um, you know, it's extra motivation. Obviously, you want to win and succeed and score points for yourself, but also um, for the, the guys next to you, because. Um, you know, we just worked so hard and, and uh, you know, especially going through that last year, we really, um, you know, we kind of owe it to ourselves to go out and have a great performance and pick each other up. Cody, go ahead. The, uh, the, the weird break, I know that it's, uh, you guys like to find a rhythm when you're in this season, but maybe for you specifically, just because of, you know, some different health things that you have had to deal with over the last few years, how much did that maybe help your body, you know, feel fully ready and fully crisp going into the last weekend and, and really to get ready for this, you know, next week? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, the break was good, honestly. Um, just staying, staying healthy, staying sharp and, uh, you know, it's kind of a unique situation, but it's what you make of it. And we're, we're plugged in and we're, um, you know, we were chomping at the bit to get back, but sometimes maybe you need that. You need to take a step back and, um, and just kind of get a fresh start and a little mental break, physical break. And, um, you know, we use that stuff to our advantage. So our, and our coaches, they, they uh, did a real good job getting us right back up to speed when we could be back in the arena and everything. So uh, honestly, I feel like it benefited us. Yeah, just real quick off the top, have you taken that hat off yet over the last two weeks? Yeah, um, I would have took it off, but you know, I got a little hat here. So, <laughs> <laughs> um, more seriously though, um, you know, coming out of out of last weekend, I know you mentioned that you you had some things and some areas you needed to improve on. Were there specific positions, techniques that you spent this week working on in practice to get ready for next week? Or, um, not really improving or positions I needed to work on, just. Um, fine-tuning some things, you know, after my finals match. Um, there was times, you know, that I feel like that ride took a lot out of me. And so now it was just this whole week was just building that shape to where I'm able to go for seven minutes. And, you know, it was a hard-fought match. And, you know, the, it comes down to who wants it the most. And it was very strategic and how the game plan worked out. Ironman, the next question from KJ Pilcher. Hi, Jayden. You know, this has been such a strange year, uh, strange season. What what's it? Uh, what's the feeling like now that you're you've gotten to the NCAA tournament? That you've gotten to this point, um, even though there have been some bumps in the road. Yeah, um, this season's been very emotional. You know, because it's the fear of are they going to still have NCAs? Are they going to pull us? Are they going to stop it like last year? And you know, I felt my heart broke for all those guys last year that didn't were not able to compete. And so, you know, it was now that we're here, it's kind of, we're getting excited to finally go out there and do what we uh, plan to do all year. You know, we had that goal since it was canceled last year. We, you know, we have unfinished business and we're going to go out there next week and hopefully, you know, just do what we, we are to do. You know, we've been working every day, um, 
the hardest we can, you know, pushing our bodies to the brink of exhaustion. So we're able to go out there and just battle for seven minutes. You know, you guys performed really well last weekend after a, about a month break. What did you learn about the team or what did the rest of the team kind of show you, uh, you know, as far as the metal uh, to perform the way it did? Yeah, this team is really close. So we're always talking with each other. Um, and I think that's what makes this group really special is how close we truly are. Um, you know, we're willing to go out there and fight for each other because um, we we always talk about how we want to win an individual national title, but we're doing this also for a team. And is as long as everybody goes out there and do, uh, does their job that we know we, everybody can do, it's we're going to really do something, I think, uh, special come next week. Uh, one more question. Um, you know, I, I know you've wrestled uh, in St. Louis before, but given that, you know, it's kind of your your hometown your, or your home state, uh, you're wearing uh, a different singlet this time. You know, what are your thoughts about going back to Missouri and, and competing uh, at the national tournament? Yeah, I'm excited, you know. I'm always excited for nationals. It's uh, the pinnacle of the sport for college. And I'm just, you know, thrilled to go back, you know, back to Missouri to where I first started my career. You know, my first national tournament was in St. Louis and I had a great run um, my freshman year there. And so to go back there and do what I meant to do out four years ago, and that was to win a national title. And right now I'm in the perfect place to do that. Thank you. The next question, Jaden from Cody Goodwin. A um, little more wrestling X's and O's here. Um, now that you've got you know, you were able to wrestle Nick Lee, and I know you've wrestled him before, but it had been a while. Um, how do you take that experience of kind of getting your hands on a guy like that into the practice room? Like, like, what does he reveal about your style, or what did he reveal about what maybe you needed to work on this week? I know you mentioned the, the ride and whatnot. Yeah. Um, we were just working on, you know, uh, I, I feel like I – people think that wrestling me kind of gives them a good feel of how it is, but the thing with me is I never wrestle the same twice. I will always like approach the match differently and what's given to me. So it was good for me to go out there and wrestle against a guy like that. You know, I have nothing but respect for him. He's a great, great competitor. Um, we've had battles over the years. So knowing what's gonna, what's coming in that hard pace, I got to feel that. And now I know I'm not, I'm going in there very confident, you know, um, I'm, I'm believing in myself and what I can do. So this week was just, you know, working hard and just staying, doing what we do best. Yeah, I know that, uh, you know, you got to wrestle Chad Red earlier this year, right? First match out. And then, um, you know, you widen the gap a little bit in the semifinals there. I guess just the, the idea of having confidence after feeling a pace like that, like what Nick Lee brings. I mean, that's got to that's gotta help you a lot going into next week, right? right? Sure. Um, the first time me and Chad wrestled, uh, you know, I got caught off. I got caught lazy in the very beginning and got taken down. And then I wasn't really able to ride him that much. And I feel like once the season started going on and on, I was finally – getting back in the groove of things. You know, I didn't wrestle folk style since 2019. So it was just finally getting back into that groove. And then when the match came in the semis, I was, I was ready, you know, I wasn't lazy. I was focused hundred percent in, and then I was able to ride. I'm able to get back to where I was um, back in 2019 with my riding ability uh, and then stay in that mental toughness that they gave me my, I'm in the best shape of my life. And it's going to be really scary uh, come nationals. When you get to feel a pace like that, it seems 
almost obvious, right? That like, hey, you got a guy like DeSanto in the room who could simulate that, so to speak. I know he's training for his own stuff, but I, do, do you grab him in the room after you wrestle a guy like Nick Lee to, to try and? Um, we've wrestled before. Uh, we've wrestled quite a few times in practice, so it's I'm used to that pace. You know, it's nothing. I'm gonna be, you know, surprised by like, oh wow, like this guy goes so hard. When I'm like, I have the best guy in the country that can just wear you out like for seven minutes straight. So having that in your practice room is just awesome to see because it fuels you to become better. And, you know, uh, this is, like I said before, this is the best shape I've ever been in in my life. And that's what I set out to do when I came here is I needed that to where I could go hard for seven minutes, you know, work on my hand fighting, work on my basic defense defenses. And so far it's been just tremendous this year. I like all these trains behind me. Good backdrop, right? That's great. Um, we're at the train station. No, we're just uh, we got an NCAA tournament, so we're ready to go. Had a good little drill. We got the mats for an hour this morning after our second COVID test, and so um, it'll be a long day, especially for the coaches tomorrow. It'll be kind of a different day for the athletes because they'll get a chance to come back and rest and the way that it's segmented out, but uh, it'll be a long day for the coaching staff. So I'll let you guys fire away. Do you know exactly, I know the sessions like tomorrow, it's like session 1A, 1B, 2A, 2B. Like, do you know how those weights are broken up? Is it just 25 through 57 and 65 through heavy or? Yep, they're going to go 25 through 57, I think from 10 to 12. And then I think from what, two to four and then five to seven and then eight to 10. So It'll be two hour segments. That's the goal. That sounds like it's going to be really weird. Yeah. Well, everything's weird. That's for sure. <laughs> I asked uh, Ian a variation of this, but just the, the fact that we've gotten to this point in the season and they're, you know, by all accounts, we're going to have a tournament this weekend. Um, what is that feeling like knowing how uncertain everything was even, you know, in late December? Well, I think we're fortunate. Um, I think all of us agree that, uh, you know, hopefully this pandemic is, you know, we're on the backside of it. And I think, you know, pulling off this tournament, knock on wood, everybody testing negative uh, all weekend, everybody that's here um, is a sign of that. Um, you know, I think with, with results, I think what you'll see is if you pick up the paper Sunday morning, you're going to see some names there that you didn't expect to see uh, place top eight at each weight, just because there's been so few uh, opportunities for, for guys to compete. And so there's guys out there that are probably going to sneak up on some people this weekend. Uh, so let's hope they're cyclones because um, it's going to be a very interesting tournament. I think it's probably one of the hardest ones, I think, to prognosticate or, uh, or predict. Uh, and you guys probably can attest to that more than anybody because that's what you guys do. So that's my take on it. Try to do at least. Try to do um, But uh, the I – the, I know Ian also said that maybe the weirdest part about the season was just the fact that you guys didn't have any tournaments until the big 12 tournament. Um, right. But I know that there were a handful of dates where you guys got, you know, two or three duels in. Um, did that maybe help in preparation for the big 12 tournament? Is there a, an advantage there by scheduling some of those the way you guys did? I hope so. You know, I don't think we had a, you know, we, we wanted to win it. I don't think we had a bad big 12 tournament. Could we have won a few more matches there to help us? Yeah. To win that tournament. Um, what we tried to do, in a couple previous weeks to the big 12 was try to simulate a day. So if you notice, we went at 
you know, 11 or 12. And then we went at four or five. Um, and we did that for a reason to try to get him used to competing, uh, you know, literally laying down, getting some more nutrition in him, and, and maybe taking a nap for an hour and then getting ready. So that's what the agenda is going to be tomorrow. You know, those guys, that first group will come back over here at 12, 1230. Uh, they'll have lunch waiting for them. They'll get some food in and they'll sleep. They'll get back up, shower, uh, and, you know, get a good little break and, and come back and get a lighter warm up in and compete for the second round. Hey, Coach, what's the excitement level you've seen from David Carr? Obviously, he's always excited to compete, but I think last year we were all excited to see how he would do in an NCAA tournament. That got canceled. Obviously, this is going to be the first time he's going to compete in this tournament. What's the excitement level you've seen from him? Well, I think he saw, I don't know uh, where he made the statement, but, you know, I think he, he's, he made the statement, what, that, that this is something he's dreamed of his whole life. So uh, for a guy like David that's, you know, obviously in the hunt, uh, to win a national championship this weekend and has been around the sport at this level for so many years to, to finally get a wrestle in the NCAA tournament, I'm sure it's definitely on his bucket list. So, um, you know, we, we know he's, he's excited and, uh, you know, it'll be interesting to see how he competes and, uh, performs, but I really like where he's at right now mentally. I really do. What's he need to do to win an NCAA championship? He's obviously got a few top guys there with him with Hidley and, Deacon, and then there's some few other guys in the tier tier below him. What's he need to do to get to that championship and win one? Well, obviously at this level, um, first and foremost is you can't look ahead because there's 32 other really good guys in his weight. Um, so you can't look ahead. And then I think he's just got to, um, you know, I think, I think the word determination we've used in practice a lot lately. I think, you know, there's a lot of, you know, determination to stay in there for seven minutes and, go after somebody for seven minutes um, and to let David Carr's skills just let it fly and, and not be too calculated. Um, he, he can scramble. He's got great offense. He's got great defense. I mean, I'm, I'm prejudiced, but I think that he's got some of the best offense in all of division one wrestling, not just at 157. So you don't want to go into this weekend and, and hold your cards. It's time to play your cards. Gotcha. Thank you. What can you say about Gannon Gremmel's evolution um, the past couple of years? I know he, he had that so shoulder surgery, but it seems like he's really improved over the last couple of years. Where has that improvement come? Well, I think you're right. I think that everybody that's uh, followed Gannon Gremmel's career, I think he's really improved. Uh, of course, I didn't follow his high school career. And, and when I got to Iowa State, Gannon was uh, recovered from shoulder surgery. But from that point to now, I've seen great improvement. Um, you know, I've always said it. He competes really, really good. Uh, wrestling's important to him. You know, he's earned the right to the seed that he's got right now based on having a really solid season. So I know Gannon will throw it out there. Um, um, as much as heavyweights throw it out there, he's going to throw it out there. So um, I'm excited to see how he competes all weekend as well. I mean, just to see where he turns out and how hard he competes against those really good guys. I mean, he's got a really good athletic guy tomorrow morning tomorrow and I guess after lunch with Hofstra so you know heavyweights got they, they just by the nature of the beast they have a lot of closer seems to be more close matches at heavyweight than any other weight so you got to get in the right side of those well I was kind of going to ask you about those brackets because obviously there's some big names in that bracket what does he have to do to elevate himself into that conversation well he's got to get there first so we can't take him too fast because he's got to get there because like I said he's he's uh 
in a weight class where there seems to be a lot of close matches. So he's got to get there, you know, and then he's got to be ready to go and compete because he's really wrestling some athletic guys. And he's going to have to open up a little bit to beat these guys because these guys got offense. So he's going to have to find some offense uh, to beat these guys. It's, you know, you're not going to beat a, you know, a first or second seed at that weight by going out there and going 1-0 or 2-0. You're going to have to find some offense. Let's hope we have that kind of, let's hope we're having that conversation with him, you know, Friday night. Thanks, Kevin. Uh, do you get the sense that Kaisen Tarakina is kind of walking around with the chip on his shoulder, uh, you know, being an at-large bid and being uh, that 33 seed? Well, that's exactly what I told him this morning is he got, he got new, new life and he needs to put a big old chip on his shoulder bigger than him. Um, and, uh, and go prove it. And, and, you know, at this, at this level, there has to be, uh, uh, there's gotta be a little nasty involved. Um, you gotta, you got, you gotta go out there and take it from him. Uh, and if he does that, he can win some matches and he can really progress into this tournament, but he's got to go take it from him. You, you don't, you don't back into wins in this, at this level. Uh, you got to go take it. And um, I'm, I'm thinking that uh, I'm hoping that he learned something in the big 12 and he goes out and goes after him a little bit more because the kid's really talented. Coach, what are you, what's the mindset of guys like Sam Colbray and Jarrett Dagan who coming into the season were I, I think they're both top 10 guys. Now they're lower seated, mid seated guys. You said earlier you're going to have some unexpected guys reach that podium. Given their seeds, I guess they'd be unexpected. But given their talent level, I don't know if it would be. What do you what do you see from their mindset this weekend? Well, we you know we had a conversation after workout this morning, kind of just to to jump off of what I you know I talked about with Kyson was is that you know because of the year that it was and you know injuries and those guys those two guys that you mentioned Colbray and Dagan getting in there kind of late you know. I think they were disrespected a little bit in the seeds, but it, it makes sense because their season was short and they lost some matches early that they, they might not have normally lost um, because I think just not getting the mat time in versus guys that did get the mat time in, I think cost them. I said, so, uh, you know, across the board, I felt like uh, there was a lot of places that we were maybe underseated and not, and rightly so, but based on what I, how good I think these guys uh, are. And so we got to, you know, we got this team's got to have a chip on its shoulder all weekend. Um, because if, if you're going to, we got to go do something that people don't think we can do. When they seat you 29th and 21st, they're not giving you a lot of respect. So let's go prove them wrong. And we got three days to do that. What was the, uh, the dialogue like with Zach Redding um, over the last two weeks? I mean, stellar performance at Big 12s. Um, it looks like he's positioned himself to potentially make a run this week. What, what do you tell a true freshman who has found the success at the level that he has and, um, you know, has shown the capability to, you know, perhaps be one of those unknown guys to make the podium this week? Yeah, you know, Zach's got a lot of swagger for a young guy. He likes to compete. Um, he's not afraid of anybody or anything. Um, He's a different bird. I mean, he's, uh, you know, he's, he's hard for me to predict, but I do know that when he wrestles, we're going to get a lot out of him. You know, the matches that he's lost, if anything, you know, against Arizona state, he just kind of got bombarded and got taken down and turned right away. But then for the last six minutes of the match, he, you know, he either won that match or, or was right there in that match. Um, he's got to be ready to go. Um, and, and, you know, funny things happen on the front side. Funny things happen on the back side. You got two ways to get there. 
And uh, it wouldn't surprise me if he excelled at either one of them. Um, you know, the, this whole season and this team, especially for me as a coach, you know, I kind of have a good idea what I think, uh, you know, David and Ian's upside is. Um, but after that, I'll be honest, um, because of the shortened season and just because of the way things have fallen this year, you know, with some injuries and everything, I can't, I usually have a pretty good grip this time of year on how, where we're going to kind of end up. Um, it's a weird year. I, I, I don't know. I really don't know where we're going to stand with some of these guys. Just haven't had enough, enough reps out of guys like even, you know, even Tarakina, uh, Colmet, Colbray, Dagan, those guys need it's a short season. I think they're lucky to get half of that. So, you know, are these guys just starting to get, come in, hit their stride? They might be, or maybe they just still don't have enough matches under their belt to compete at this tournament. So there'll be an interesting, I don't have a prediction, you know, I'm the head coach. I should know a lot more, but I don't have a prediction with, with a lot of these guys right now. I just know that there's a lot of ability and, and it wouldn't surprise me if any of those guys ended up on the podium, not one of them uh, on, on Saturday. How, how weird is that feeling just because of the schedule and there just wasn't as many competitions this year and you didn't get your eyes on, you know, all the guys, at least as much as you normally do. Yeah. You know, I think everything was weird about the year. And, and I think, uh, you know, coaches, we all are control freaks by nature. So you like to have a little bit more control going in there. Um, uh, so, but there's not much control this year. There's, there's, uh, there's a lot of speculation and really kind of, you know what it feels like a little bit, um, Cody, is it feels like the like when you go to Las Vegas in early December and you don't know how your guys are going to do and you don't even know half the other guys from other schools because they got all new guys in their lineups. It almost feels like a Cliff Keen Invitational, uh, but everybody's here. I nailed it, right? I got one more for you for uh, you got a second. Um, I guess all of that said, what does a what does a successful weekend to you look like? Eight All-Americans, that's what a successful weekend looks like for me. And a, and a couple national champs, that's what a successful weekend looks like to me. So um, I'll take that and, and ride home happily. It's not a prediction, was it? It's not a prediction, but it's, it's if you ask me what I wanted, that's what I want. Fair enough. No, I think there's a lot of capability. I, I truly mean it that if I pick up the paper and eight of these guys – had progressed to Saturday, it wouldn't surprise me. It really wouldn't, you know, and then obviously we got some horses that could be right, be right there Saturday night. So um, it's, you know, I, I look at it as progress of where we stand right now. It's definitely continues to be progress at Iowa state. Obviously now we need to progress the next three days. Four years ago, we had one guy here and we scored three points or three years ago here, three years ago, we had one guy here and scored three points. So um, I like the direction we're going. All right, go Cyclone. See ya. Carter, I guess uh, um, I, at this point last year, I'm pretty sure the tournament had already been canceled and we were all kind of frustrated by this point just because of everything that was going on. I, what, I, what is it? What is the feeling like, I guess now knowing that I'm, I, barring something crazy and weird and let's not rule that out because we're all going to St. Louis. Right. But, um, you know, barring something really weird, it's, we're going to get the tournament in next week. I mean, what, what's that feeling like compared to kind of what the emotions were last year? Say so last year, it was a pretty crazy year. I mean, I mean, it was pretty unfortunate for the tournament to get canceled, but now going in this week, 
the tournament's tournament's going to happen, and that's pretty exciting. I mean, we're going to get the opportunity to go out there and compete. I'm looking forward to it, just trying to get uh, shaped up and ready to go for the next week. And I'm pretty sure a lot of the guys are all excited for it. Even the guys not competing, they're trying to get us ready, and they're excited for it too. I mean, it's the most exciting time of the year. It's tournament time. So let's go. What's the week of practice or preparation been like for you specifically after um, really good regular season, tough couple of days down in Tulsa, but I mean, now you, you, you get the bid, um, you know where you're at in the bracket, you get that next opportunity. What has kind of the approach been like for you? Uh, well, there's a couple points in a couple of those matches where I let the uh, small details get away from me on a couple of deep shots and those actually cost me the matches. So this week it's kind of just been tuning up those small details, making sure we're doing the right things in those areas. So when big time matches happen again this week, those mistakes aren't coming up and creeping up on us. So we've been really focusing on just trying to sharpen our skills pretty much, sharpen that knife. Then uh, also just trying to get healthy right now, trying to get trying to get the body recovered and ready to go for next week. How much of the uh, just the emphasis on the details, making sure that you're you're at your healthiest and at your best going in. Um, I mean, I, I've talked with a number of different heavyweights about this too. Is heavyweight seems like it's getting a lot deeper, um, right? Like just a lot more talented dudes that are coming up, some younger guys that are coming in more ready to to, to scrap right away with a lot of the D1 level guys. <clears throat> um, what's kind of been your your perspective on it? You know, just kind of being being an older guy, seeing kind of the state of heavyweight maybe change over the course of your career. Um, I, I, is it is it fun? Is it exciting? Is it, I, what what do you think of just kind of the, the state of heavyweight? Uh, I think it's pretty exciting. I mean, it used to be like the a lot of the guys used to be that like push, and I mean I can't say much. Last weekend I didn't do too much, but uh, I was gonna say it's it's coming to more athletic guys. I mean, there's a lot more guys being more athletic, and I feel like a lot of guys that can go go play football because they're super athletic are. Uh, choosing wrestling now and I mean that's more exciting that's making more exciting wrestling for heavyweights that's more having people stick around a heavyweight match because they want to see the heavyweight match they're not leaving for the heavyweight match so I mean it's 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 a lot more fun you gotta you gotta keep working hard though I mean these these younger guys coming in it's unbelievable there's a lot of younger talent coming in and if you want to keep up with the younger kids you got to keep doing the work so I mean, that's all you can really do. I mean, you can't just sit back and be like, ah, they're younger. They can, they can go, they can go and do it. It's whatever. You just got to keep working and make sure you're doing the right things and try to keep up with the younger guys coming in. hundred percent. The, the, the transition from kind of like the push and pull heavyweight to kind of the, the, the maybe smaller, you know, 230, 240, 250 ish, you know, more athletic type of heavyweight. What do you think's, what do you think maybe sparked that that big change? Just maybe the international success, or what do you think? What do you think it was? I would say uh, I'd say back in Kyle Snyder when he bumped up to heavyweight, and he's he's that smaller heavyweight that, but just that quick heavy, that quick smaller heavyweight, that technique person that's just showing a wow. These smaller guys, two twenty, two thirty, two forty, are being guys that like Adam Kuhn that's weighing in at what. 284 when he steps on the scale. So it's like just saying that you don't got to be that huge heavyweight to win a national title. I mean, Anthony Cassar, the last national champ for heavyweight, he's 
bumped up from 90, 70, weighed about 230 maybe. And, I mean, it's just shown that it's just this weight class is develop, developing more and just becoming more technique and more quickness and just athletic guys. How has this kind of changed maybe – I don't, I don't want to say forced you to change your style, but maybe did you, I mean, have you, has it maybe taught you a few different things or maybe you work on different things now just because of some of the opponents that you have to wrestle each week? Yeah, I got to be more stingy with my shots. I mean, I, I remember back in when I was just in high school or anything back in like when the heavyweights weren't really too athletic, you could get into the leg and that heavyweight was just falling over. Now you get in the leg, these heavyweights are starting to scramble and stuff. So you got to develop, in the practice room, how to scramble and everything too, because honestly, I was never used to that. I was never used to heavyweights ever scrambling on me. I'd get to the leg and they'd bail right away. But now I get to the legs and they're kicking, they're trying to cross over. They're just trying to do a bunch of different things. And it's just, you have to develop with the times kind of, and just put more work into it, I guess. I mean, it's fun. So, and it makes wrestling more exciting. So just do what I can do to, help uh, grow the sport a little bit, especially at heavyweight. Have you decided whether or not you're going to come back next year? Uh, I did decide I was going to come back this year. I mean, it was a tough decision. I had to make it back in fall because I had I was going to student teach this next fall. But it was kind of coming crunch time. And, uh, I mean, it was literally – I had to decide by Friday and the – like the new the new rules or whatever it came out that Tuesday. So I had to decide by Friday if I wanted to come back or not. It was like, it was kind of a hectic couple of days, but I'm like, you know what? I want to do it. I didn't get my opportunity to compete for a national championship last year. Might as well go all in and do it again next year and try to be there for the team more than anything also. I mean, I'm that older guy. It's going to be a sixth year. I mean, getting old. I'm the grandpa on the team pretty much now. So just be there for the guys, younger guys coming in and try to motivate them as much as possible. Just kind of be that leading role. Just step into that spot. So. Can you guys hear me? Yeah. All right, good. Yep. You know, he jokes about being the grandpa on the team, but he might have a little bit more hair than you do. Oh, I know. It's ridiculous. <laughs> One of our trainers, we had a little toy got hurt, and one of our trainers called, like, said, did your grandkids watch you win a Big 12 title? I'm like, really? <laughs> That's pretty good. That's pretty good. It is pretty good. Um, I think this is the first time a lot of us have gotten to talk to you since the Big 12 tournament. Um, I, I, now that you basically have had almost, you know, I guess a week now to kind of digest it, um, I, how would you kind of assess how you competed that weekend? Uh, I thought I, it was a little bit tight, honestly. Like my first match, I just remember I was, I, I almost puked. I was so nervous. I'm like, a lot of, like, I don't know. I think I let the moment get to me a little too much and then, once my second match started, like, I felt like, like, there's a big scramble. I'm like, all right, I'm good. And then, then I was still a little tight against in the semis. And uh, I, I was a little tight. I feel like I should open up a little bit more, but I got it done. So. Is that just like, you know, 
redshirt freshman conference tournament sort of thing. I mean, I know a lot of you younger guys don't, I mean, pressure is not really a thing, but at the same time, that's, that's probably like the biggest college tournament you wrestled in so far. Yeah. Yeah. That is definitely the biggest college tournament I wrestled in. And I, yeah, I just let it kind of overtake me a little bit, but I don't know. Once I, I tried to like get myself in the scrap and then I was good. And then I'm like, just, then it just becomes all natural again. How much does that experience help you going into to St. Louis next weekend? I mean, it seems like that's like, you know, oh, okay, I, I can do this, right? Yeah, it's, I don't know, it's a good learning lesson. Just learn from it and then adapt. Like in St. Louis, I know I got to go go out there and let it fly. Like it'll probably be the same amount of people. I don't, I don't know. Like there's not a lot of fans there, but like I've been to St. Louis too. So <clears throat> it's familiar and I think I'll be much much more prepared mentally. What have you kind of learned about yourself this season, just through wrestling and, and getting into the lineup and kind of, you know, seizing on that opportunity as the season unfolded? What, what's something that you've maybe learned about your, your wrestling and, and D1 wrestling as a whole? That you got to be ready for every match. Like no one, like you, like, I don't know. I think there was one documentary I think it might have been Burroughs, but Burroughs was talking about how in the world, like, you're not going to lose to someone in, I don't know, some other country. But he's talking about how the NCAA is harder than any, like anyone can beat you on any given day. So that's kind of what I like kind of realized this past weekend, honestly. Like, first match, I'm like, oh, there's a chance I could lose. And like, you got to be ready for every, every single match. How did you, I don't follow recruiting at all because I'm a, bad person but um how how did you find your way to to you and i and when when you know how did how did that happen and why'd you end up there uh i found my way to you and i by i don't know lee roper he texted me first day first day he could and i just went to fargo and i think i went one and two and he was like i see something in you and i was like all right that's sweet and then we talked he kept getting to know me and I just felt like they really cared the most. That's no, that's no, like a shot at the other teams at air force and Wisconsin are pretty much the only ones that other recruited me, but I don't know. I felt not a sense of loyal, it kind of a sense of loyalty, but I don't know. I'm like, but like, I honestly like, so if he knew, if he saw something, if the coaches saw something, me from like when I didn't break out, didn't didn't wasn't really on anyone's radar like I feel like they had a plan for me to like go to the top if that makes sense like they knew something and then I don't know I just kept talking to them I liked the campus I thought they were genuine guys so I thought they would want I would want to wrestle for them yeah I mean that's a fairly common or not common maybe but it's not an uncommon theme with guys like Foster and uh, you know, coming up at 84 behind you. How does it feel to follow in his and Lujan's footsteps at 84 to try to keep uh, you and I 184 pound you? Uh, feels good. I hope I, I hope I can keep doing it. Like I get to wrestle them every every day in practice. Oh, I don't know. We got great. We got great upper weight. So Keegan, me, Foster, Lance. Like, I have a great system around me, and it's just. I wouldn't say it's the expectation, but it's like, shoot, I want to keep it, keep it at the top. 
and like you also like when you put that single on like I'm competing for Taylor I'm competing for competing for Drew I'm competing for my teammates around me and and like the freaking community around me so just gives me that extra motivation so I like scrapping with those guys in the room Drew and Luhan specifically humbling David, I wrestled with Drew yesterday, and I was like, "If you don't have your head down, you're getting you're gonna get messed up." And I learned that for the first thirty minutes, I was like, "Wow!" And then I kept getting my head down, and it went much better. But it's fun to scrap them. I loved it. Me and Taylor getting some good scrambles. I was gonna say, you coming from the Askren Academy, and him and his wacky hips. I imagine that that's there, there's some pretzel tangles probably going on in a scrap like that, right? Yeah, it's it's good fun. Me and, Ta- me and Taylor scrapping today, so I'm excited. Hey, Parker, you know, talking to Coach Schwab, you know, everybody asks, how are you going to handle being the number one seed? How are you going to be handling a top five seed? And he said, you know, what's there to handle? That was the plan all along. You, you plan on being the number one seed at the Big 12. You plan on being a top seed at the NCAA tournament. You know, what goes into making that kind of, you know, I don't want to say lofty goals, but what goes into that that mindset? I just think uh, you can't think about it. Like that's what I kind of believe. I gotta believe like you can break every match down, even into smaller chunks. Like like you don't break it down into like you can break it down in the matches periods. I kind of like to break it down into seconds or like not as not seconds, but more like positions. Like try to win that next position. Try to get into try to create an opportunity and kind of going back on this past weekend, I feel like I kind of shied away from that mindset, which kind of, I don't know, I felt, that's why I felt tight. Someone asked. And then, so like kind of just break it down, try to win that next position. Say you, say you lose a position, you got to, now you're on bottom. Now you got to get away or then you got to just go out there and try to score points after that and positions, positions, positions. Is that a lesson from Doug or from Askren or both? Or where, where did where's that mindset come from? I'd definitely say both. Max definitely instilled that in me at first. And maybe, yeah, I definitely, he instilled it in me. And then I think Doug just putting a more emphasis on it. Like, like Max is like, Max wouldn't be like screaming it all the time and like scraps, but he would, he would like say after and Doug in the scraps, he's like, win the next position, win the next position. I'm like, all right, that's what, that's not what I'm thinking. So it comes from both. Got to give them both credit. Parker, uh, I've known Ben and Max for a long time. Uh, can you talk the game like they can? Because I, I know Ben is like elite level trash talk. No, I, I, I don't talk like Ben. Some of the things Ben says is way too much for me. I'm very laid back. I don't know. Runyon's Runyon's Twitter account has some interesting things that you say throughout the year. Hey, that was only – yeah, that is true. Hey, negative zero got got debunked. That's all I got to say. It's a thing. I'm telling you, it's a thing. It's a thing. Hey, no disagreements on my end. Um, 
When did you join Askren Academy? And when did that, I mean, I, we make a big deal about, you know, the, the club wrestling now. It seems like that's really picked up steam in recent years. But I, those guys being around minds like that and, and a handful of other wrestlers that have gone on to, um, you know, like I, was Keegan O'Toole an Askren guy too? Yeah, he was, yes. He was, yeah. a, he was mostly Hartling guy, but. I gotcha. But just yeah. like, you know, being surrounded, I mean, you mentioned Max multiple times, just being in that room with those wrestling minds, like what, what did that do for, you know, for your career at that point? Uh, so I started in probably eighth grade and then I really didn't get serious till I think after I placed at state my, my freshman year and then Max was like, dude, you can do something big. And I was like, oh, should I play baseball or should I go wrestle or, and he was like, dude, he like sat me down. He's like, you can do the sky's the sky's limit, right? And I don't know. He just helped me develop a passion and love love for the sport. Like going in every day, or yeah, I was probably in every day. But going in and like just learning new positions and kind of making wrestling my own. It's not not I don't know. It's not so like I do like structure, but it's not this this this. It's more like build your own wrestling that's kind of like how he developed my passion and and it's all my like it's my style now so well, that kind of models after their mindset right because they both and especially ben really kind of had their own little wrestling styles throughout their careers oh yeah they're definitely innovators of the sport That's it. That's the last show before the NCAA championships begin, guys. Thanks a bunch for listening, for reading, for interacting this week, this season. I know it's a lot of different avenues that you guys can go to for wrestling coverage, so I truly appreciate it when you decide to stick with me all season, and especially this week. It's going to be fun, and uh, your support means the absolute world. I hope uh, you guys have enjoyed the coverage. I hope you guys have uh, enjoyed the stories, um, the podcasts, the videos, everything. We're going we're gonna to continue to do it all the way through this week and this weekend, and then we can't forget the Olympic trials are on uh, uh, just two weeks away, right? Early April, second and third. So uh, your boy will be down there in Texas, and we'll keep this train rolling for a, for a few more weeks. So, um, but that's all we've got today, you guys. That's all we've got for for this week, at least before the wrestling kicks off. Long show again, but thank you a bunch for listening. Be sure to rate and review the show on Apple, Stitcher, Spotify, Google, iHeartRadio, wherever you get your shows. Follow me on Twitter at Cody Goodwin. I'm gonna have updates all weekend long, um, or Instagram Cody J Goodwin. Gonna do my best to keep that updated as well. Be sure to also subscribe to the Des Moines Register to catch all my stories, mailbags, and analysis videos everything that's coming this week guys you're not going to want to miss a thing um and be sure to um you know stay stay tuned here i I don't know that i'm gonna be able to do a lot of podcasts during the tournament but obviously i'll have that freestyle um, and maybe a couple extra things next week um, as well. I know it'll be kind of a week off, and we're probably going to need some time to digest everything that happened this weekend. But, um, you know, like I said, the Olympic trials are coming up too, and this train is not going to slow down. So um, you can find a link to subscribe. You can find a link to uh, connect with me and all that fun stuff in the show notes, as well as stories from this past week. So that's it for this episode, you guys. Uh, thanks again for listening. We'll talk again soon after the NCAA championships. Let's buckle up and have some fun. Thanks, guys.